Now listen, we are here, breaking, you know, without any intro, you know, and I don't do the intro to follow the leader, you know, it's just quick, like, boom, it's a lot to talk about, uh, congratulations to Kansas City Chiefs, to Los Angeles Rams, that was big, it was some epic games, some like real good playoffs, this is put football back on a whole nother stratosphere after the pandemic and all that, like, let you know we were missing. Um, first thing I want to say, quit comparing Carson Wentz and Josh Allen. Listen, man, Josh Allen is a very, he's a fantastic quarterback. He's one of the best young stars here. He's a difference maker, game changer, basically a superstar to me now. I just think what he did in the playoffs really from last year to right now puts him in that category. Now, let's keep it funky. It's really unfair to compare Carson and Josh because Carson had injury. He's injury prone. I think I saw some posts like uh, uh, Josh Allen's Carson Wentz with legs or Josh Allen is what we wanted Carson to be. Well, if Josh Allen had the same injury problems, we wouldn't be talking about this right now. If the if Buffalo had the injury problems that the Eagles had during those couple of years, we wouldn't be talking about this. The one playoff game he played, Carson Wentz banged his head. Uh, for Davian Clowney, you know, made Carson bang his head. And it was, it was a concussion. He had to leave. It's really unfair to me. Um, Carson went to the playoff that year with a team that was basically decapitated everywhere, every position. There was people that just, you know what I mean, they had to get people, especially on offense. I think offense was the biggest one. You know, I think that was the biggest uh, hit. But receivers, running backs, offensive linemen. I mean, he had to play with a only person that wasn't hurt was him. And you talking about people coming off the street? It was people they was getting to replace injured people that got hurt. Like it was bad. Then the next year it got even worse. That about all Carson missing. Listen, when you don't have your guys and everything is microscoped. Once you start making those, you know, what I mean, he never even had the chance coming back from injury to you know, redeem himself because it was already pressure because he had a concussion in the playoffs. They was already, Eagle fans was already like clamping down on Carson. Uh, he had a different season. Like when you look at the Eagle season, look at who was hurt and how bad they got hurt from the beginning of the year, even worse than the year before. It was like, this was, it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair. It was not fair at all. Jalen Hurts got to get a whole new young team around him. Guys that stayed on the field, Quez Watkins, uh, Devontae Smith, Greg Ward Jr. These were all guys that can catch the ball. Uh, Dallas Goddard. There were times he didn't have neither one. Wentz didn't have nothing. So this is, then you look at the season. He comes in with the season with the Colts. He has a great regular season, no question. What are you talking about? Soon as he messes up in the playoffs. Oh, Carson ain't this. Carson ain't. Come on, man. He had a bad playoff game. The man is a Super Bowl ring off of an MVP season that helped. Everybody talking about the Eagles. Nick Foles won. Nick Foles didn't play the whole season. You know, the next year after their Super Bowl year, you know, Carson was out for a minute. Nick Foles started. What's the reason why Nick Foles didn't create controversy or didn't stay as a quarterback? Did, did anybody remember the games that Nick Foles had? Nick Foles was not winning games. He just doesn't do that. For, he's not that type of quarterback through a whole season. 
he's a four stretch he, he, now he's more of a uh, I mean ever since that year he had with um he he's always the type of quarterback Nick Foles that when someone gets hurt he's at his best <laughs> he's like somebody get hurt and he comes in oh man like when Michael Vick hurt Nick Foles comes in unbelievable historical season Carson Wentz hurt Nick Foles comes in wins the Super Bowl. And I said that. I said, everybody thought the Super Bowl was over. I said, Carl, Nick Foles can win games. He can win a Super Bowl. He can win a Super Bowl. It's only a couple. Listen, the Eagles had a first round bye. It was two foot, but it was three football games. Nick Foles can win three football games. Especially when you had a coach that caters to the quarterback, caters to the player. I mean, come on, man. I just think it's really unfair on that point. Um, Another subject, Allen Iverson and, and Kyrie Irving. Stop making that comparison. It's, it's unbelievably ridiculous. If you look down the, the, the career numbers of Iverson, it's insane to even try to compare Kyrie Irving to him. Okay, he's a better dribbler because he dribbled the most. You didn't see Iverson dribble there. It's not. It's not even fair to compare them to dribbling because Iverson didn't have to. Didn't have to dribble as most as much as Kyrie Irving for all that dribbling he did. He should have scored thirty points a game every year. Kyrie Irving never scored thirty a game. Never. His his best scoring seasons are right now with Brooklyn. All these years he, he won a championship. He was with Boston Celtics. His best scoring years is with it's like 26, 27 points a game. Them seasons right there when he was scoring that. Well, Iverson's had four 30 plus points a game seasons. 30 plus. At 5'11, six feet, they say. I can't see how, like, like it's the same thing with Jordan and LeBron. Jordan is 6'6", 200. LeBron is 6'8", 250. And let's just get into this mode. Oh, yeah, the poll I put up, 76%. Over 76% was like, Iverson's better than Kyrie Irving. The other 24%, whatever. Okay, that's what they said. I mean, that's their opinion. Like I always say, opinions are respected. That twenty, them 24%, we respect your opinion wholeheartedly. But, like I always say, what does Leader Johnson say? The fact still remains. Opinions are easy and good to dance around. They're good. They're easy. Dance around them. You can, you can break them down into more statements. You can have debates, but when you have a fact, really a debate is shut down once facts is on the table. You can't compare an opinion with a fact. It's not even, it's two different definitions and everybody runs on facts. Things are grown off opinions. Things are grown and and opinions have to be turned into facts. Those opinions have to be turned into facts because there's a vision of an opinion. Opinion can be a vision. You can be like, look, I feel like this or this should happen or you know what this should happen these are all opinions until the fact is the is is the answer opinion can turn to a fact it can but until it's a a fact the fact still remains so uh, lebron james has broken so many records man michael jordan his era like my thing is this if michael jordan was so great for his era how come he didn't break as many records as, as LeBron James? Don't give me the rules and all that. Don't give me that. That's retarded. You're giving me the rules. The rules to what? What rules? Because the rules are, you know, allow people to have, Michael Jordan would have had 50 points. Oh, okay, I can, I can you know what? That's an opinion. Because Jordan wouldn't have had 50 points. 
Because if James Harden didn't get 50 points, if Kevin Durant ain't scored 50 points, Jordan wouldn't have scored 50 points a game. You could say anything you want. Oh, where's Mike? No. Stop. What is this? We can break it down, though. We can, we can break it down. We can break things. To- we can totally break things down. Now. We can break them down. Um, Michael Jordan, 6200. He's doing what he's doing. It's amazing. It's phenomenal at his, his, even at his uh, size. But at 68250, LeBron can not only score like Jordan, he can pass better. He's going to be a better rebounder. He's more physical. You're talking about, oh, he don't hit the clutch shot. He passed it. So just for y'all entertainment, LeBron worked even more at taking the last shot. And he's hit game winners. But he's also passed the ball. Just because he passes the ball to a guy that, like Ray Allen who can shoot the shot or any guy that can, sh- that can hit the shot instead of shooting the shot. So you 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 criticize him for not for not being selfish. Or he's not he's because he what you're talking about he's not not wanting to take the shot he's looking for the best opportunity and best option he's not only the best player on the floor he's not only the small forward that can play you know different positions he's the ball handler he's basically the point guard on all his teams so if he feels like Gray Allen can hit a shot or anybody that can hit three pointers and he passes it to him. You totally take the pressure off the guy that missed the three-point shot. And <laughs> you put it all on LeBron James. I, I don't get it, man. I, I really, I'm really, it's really different to, to, to see what y'all talking about. LeBron comes on his era, in his era, and he dominates other people's statistics. And you're saying because of the rules, this is possible? Are we saying this? It makes no sense. Because if Jordan was as great as you say he is, he would dominate his era the same way because he's playing in that era, right? This is his physical era. From college, high school, college, and NBA. You know, it's more physical basketball. You know, it's different rules. In in his era, you know, high school, college. Because this is what we're saying. He is a tougher generation. So Michael Jordan didn't he, he 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 didn't dominate like that. He didn't even break many records like that. He just was a great. He was the best player in the NBA. That's it. But he didn't dominate it the way LeBron does. He didn't. So how do you say he's better than LeBron? But he couldn't dominate his era the way LeBron because of the that makes no sense because of the rules. Because if you're great, you're just gonna dominate. Because nobody else in LeBron's era is doing what LeBron is doing. Nobody else in LeBron's era is doing what LeBron doing. Nobody. Now, one player is 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 doing what LeBron. So, so how can you compare? Because I, I can see if it was like ten people racing for these records that LeBron does, and they're all lined up together. They're like, oh man, it's like ten people breaking these records. LeBron broke the record, but uh, this guy's ten rebounds and back. It's, th- it's three more guys from this era that's ten rebounds apart from each other, or ten assists apart from each other, or. 10 three-point, you know, all the records that he's broken, so many records that Jordan has never done. And it's like, I'm telling you, the Jordan thing and the, and the, and the, Kyrie, the, the, the Kyrie Irving thing, Kyrie Irving is a very popular person of this generation. This is the opposite part. He's a very popular person of this generation. And so is, but Jordan is the ultimate, the ultimate popular player. And this is why these guys are getting their little credibilities. But see, Jordan's a little bit different because Jordan was the greatest player considered by a lot before LeBron, 
the greatest player of all time. And some people are still saying, oh, I can't see that. Because they're like little kids sitting in those. Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman, much love to them. Greatest, some of the greatest analysts, you know, to ever do it. Stephen A. Smith is the greatest. They're sitting in there like little kids with popcorn. Because they love their Michael Jordan. Every time they, it's crazy when you see him on TV, every time they break down, every time they break down Michael Jordan, they, they are hype. But when people talk about LeBron, they so cool, they, bet they got all the facts in the world. They got all the facts to throw at you. No, forget all the records and all that. No, no, Jordan. I mean, they, they ignore every fact. This is Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. LeBron had to, everybody got to be with the right people to win. Before Michael Jordan won, he had Horace Grant and Pippen. Tell me if any of them guys ever made all-star games. Tell me if any of them guys was ever top 50 greatest. Jordan, LeBron has actually made it to the finals with no all or no guys that resemble the impact of the super team guys like Dwayne Wade and, and Chris Bosh and Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. He he actually made it to the finals. But when Michael Jordan didn't have that, he didn't make it to the finals. He was trying to he was averaging almost triple doubles in the playoffs. He was, but they didn't even go to the finals. But you the the whole thing they're gonna say with that, well. It's a tougher generation. It was tougher. It was tougher. But he's Michael Jordan, right? So this is his era. He should. He came from this era. What is he's not? He's from a different era. Is he from a weaker era or something? So then we got to put him off if he's, he's he's from a weaker era. Is he from a weaker era? We have to elevate LeBron James because he wasn't built for this era. If that's what you're saying, but that's totally crazy. Michael Jordan, the thing is this, Michael Jordan was 6'6", 200. LeBron is more overpowering. He can take over games. And the crazy part, he was like in his 20s, early 20s doing this. It's like three, four years, like 21, 22 when he went to the finals with these guys. None of these guys had ever been close to the finals before LeBron, the young LeBron, came along. The young LeBron. He came in this game at 18. That should already put him over Michael Jordan. And back to Iverson and Kyrie. Iverson left as a sophomore, okay? You know, Kyrie left early, too. Kyrie left, you know, came to the game in his teens. Dynamic guard. But Cleveland didn't move no mountains when he was there until LeBron came back. The other son came back. LeBron. LeBron's name's mentioned again. Because none of the guys that LeBron played with got rings except for Dwayne Wade until LeBron came. Dwayne Wade needed Shaq. Everybody needs somebody. They need a game changer. LeBron stacked the odds. I agree with you on that. You got to beat it. But they, don't, they, they wasn't the best team. They told you how tough the NBA was. They, didn't, they only won two championships with Miami. He won one with Cleveland. He won one with the Lakers. This is how tough the NBA is. And nobody's giving them that credit for switching over. Oh, it was a pandemic season. Oh, what does that mean? These guys forgot to play basketball? No, that's not it. They got beat. They got beat in the bubble. They got whooped, so you ain't going to play ball. So Pippen like, oh, this is right. Pippen, stop. Because when you went to Houston and Portland, you did nothing. So stop. people stopped comparing. Much respect to the Pippen family. But Pippen, at one time, went for LeBron over Jordan. Then, then, then they came back on another show. Just look it up. Pippen said LeBron was better than Jordan. Then we came back to a whole nother segment with Stephen A. Smith. It was a whole nother episode. And all of a sudden, he changes it up. Because Stephen A. Smith wants to say this and say that. 
politics. Michael Jordan at 18 wasn't better than LeBron. At 19 wasn't better than LeBron. At 20 wasn't better than LeBron. At 21 wasn't better than LeBron. Evolution always wins. And you're talking about tougher players. Let me tell you something. If you if the game was as physical as it was, what, what would happen? These guys would just adjust and adapt. Who are you to say that these guys couldn't play back in the 90s? Because the rules changed. It's not their fault. They didn't, they didn't petition the rules to change. You're looking straight past at the fact that these guys are evolution. Like, there wasn't as many athletic guys in the league. No, it wasn't. It was not even close. To, at the, their athleticism was totally different. It's it's through the it's through the roof now. Michael Jordan, when Michael Jordan played, people weren't as athletic as Jordan. It, it, it was basically if you looked at the slam dunk contest, Dominique Wilkins was a super dynamic athlete, and him and Jordan was bar none. I mean, you had other guys, but these guys was like, look, when you pick the uh, athletic guy, look at the slam dunk contest now. All these guys can jump the same way. It's just who's more creative. Clyde Drexler could not jump like Michael Jordan. He couldn't. What made Michael Jordan, I mean, as good as Dominique Brookings was, he just not could not jump like Michael Jordan. But Dominique was an athletic monster. Michael Jordan was bar none, the only type of athlete. And then you started to see people like Shaquille and Iverson come in the league, Kobe Bryant. Come. Now it's so many guys, it started to be so many guys just like Michael Jordan, Steve Francis. He had point guards. At one time, and then from ninety, I could tell you from ninety to ninety one, ninety eight, you had with Robert Peck. He was another athletic guy, but what was he doing to people? These athletic guys are everywhere. Every point guard can wow, 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 dunk on you. Every, every, every now, every center is practicing a three point shot, or or they can pass the ball. Every center couldn't pass the ball. Some centers were just stuck dead where they were at. It, these centers now, most of them, a lot of them are developing point skills. They're playing like guards now to the point where Barkley's like, don't shoot the three-pointer. This is what they developed into, Barkley. What are you talking about? You, you, you're hating no evolution. And Barkley's one of my top five players of all time. You're hating no evolution. Oh, they're missing this, but these guys can shoot it. <laughs> these guys can look at their percentages. These guys can shoot. They're hitting it. They're adding to their game. You just want guys to – it's like y'all want the, 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 the time machine. Like Shaq. Oh, don't shoot the, don't shoot the three. The three is not. Don't shoot the three. You should go in there and be. I, I agree with him on like you shouldn't be down there out there too much, but it's a part of your game. You see, MB is is dominating the inside, but he's still shooting threes at a high clip. This is where we're at now. Nana Najoku. I want to say one. Nana Najoku was recruited by Villanova. He's a four high four star center. And he was a guy that's inside. You know, he had good mid-range jumping, but he's developing a three-point shot. Every Listen, Eric Dixon plays for Villanova, a three-point shot. Omari Spellman for Villanova, a three-point shot, which got a national championship. This is what we're at now. Point power forwards, point, uh, point small forwards, more point small forwards. I think it was a lot of point small forwards back then. But from the five to the six, from the four to the five position, these guys are like point centers, point they're all out there. Chet Holmgren, Nikolai Jokic, Joel Embiid. These guys can pass the rock. At, at one time, you probably had Vladi Divac. There was probably the, the, the bar none guy, uh, the, Arvita Sabonis. <coughs> Excuse me. 
You know, it was guys were just not. You're not gonna see six assists, five assists, four assists centers like that. Not now. Prepare for it. Then, then we look at the point guard position. It got taller and taller and more skilled. So, and we rocking with that, man. We we rocking with, you know, six ten points. Ben Simmons changed the game. I mean, I know we we talk about Michael Car- Carter Williams was drafted six six and Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson, stop saying his name, because Magic Johnson was the only six nine point guard, the only one. Everybody else was really little. So, you're going to have somebody say, oh, well, that's why Magic was good. Now, don't say that. That's retarded. Because at 6'9", if you're able to play point guard in every other position, including playing center in the NBA Finals, that's a phenomenon. But now it's harder because everybody's your size. You have to be ready for guys switching, you know, their 6'6 centers. Lorenzo Ball, Josh Giddy. Jordan Hall and in and, 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 and St. Joseph is going to be another guy coming at 6'7 that could just play the point. There's so many guys. Um, Kay Cunningham. There's so many guys now. Even even looking at five, six really tall point guards with 6'5", 6'6". All right? 6'5", 6'6". That's, that's, that's like, oh, it's tall. 6'4 was tall enough. But 6'5, 6'6, man, you didn't see that. You did not see that in the NBA. You're talking about from six feet to six three is where your point guards lie there. And sometimes six three would be a shooting guard. 5'11, 5'10. You saw a lot of those point guards. Now 5'10 to 5'11, you better be a damn good basketball player to be playing point guard or starting point guard. Not not playing starting point guard. You still play, but starting point guard? Oh, yeah, man. You better be nice. They're 5'10", 5'11". For years, but to start, people are looking for them tall point guards. It's just a different league. More athletes. Look at the slam dunk contest. Look how it is. Look what these dunks these boys is doing now. Are you serious right now to tell me that Michael Jordan would just be averaging? Because everybody jumped like him now. So they're going to keep up with you on defense. So you're not going to score 50 a game. That, that is in, that you're not going to score 50 a game. That's retarded. He's not going to score. I, 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 listen, the only reason we can't bet is because, the only reason we can't bet on that is because, and I'm not a better. I'm not a, everybody tell you, my family, I ain't no better, man. Bet what? I don't play with my money because, you know, you can lose bets. You gambling, dog. You, <laughs> this because it's a 90% opportunity. It's still 10%. This because it's 100% don't mean that shit can't break down to 95%. Because shit happens. That's my th- shit happens. But to be real, this is a little different. Michael Jordan could have a 50-point season, which that means the team's not winning. <laughs> 50 points a game. This ain't Will Chamberlain era where everybody was super small and he dominated. Like everybody wasn't super small when he had that 50-point game season, but... Cause we gotta take that back. Let me. I'm stop. Let me. Stop. I'm sorry about that. Will Chamberlain was a dominant player, but when you can do that through a whole season, see, it's different when you just score 50 points once, twice, three times. But when you average 50 a game, 
It's still twelve. It's it's ten people on the. It's, listen, it's five of the people on the court. There's no way in hell that it makes any sense that the man scores fifty points a game against five other people. That means y'all are being dominated by something special. The whole season, unbelievable. So, Michael Jordan would still be great. He still would be great. But he wouldn't be as great as he was in the 90s because it was nothing like Michael Jordan. Y'all talk all that Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan would be just another star. Would he be an MVP as much as he did? No. Look at Kobe Bryant. This was too many other good players coming in now. Michael, it was, the Dream Team is still the greatest team ever assembled. These were by the, by the time the Dream Team came along, okay, these guys were already all, uh, perennial all stars. They were already basically Hall of Famers in their own right. Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, certified Hall of Famers. Michael Jordan already looks. He was he he came out in 1984. So by this time, seven years in, it's already saying this guy's a future Hall of Famer already. Clyde Drexler, Carl Malone, these guys were all, I mean, we talking about their whole, except for Christian Leitner, which I still feel like Shaquille O'Neal should have been on the Dream Team, and so should Isaiah Thomas over John Stockton, and even though John Stockton is still a Hall of Famer to me. What we'll stopped that team from being perfect was Shaquille O'Neal and Isaiah Thomas, Period. Period. You know, you look at other guys. I mean, Chris Mullins should have been on there. But you could have argued Dominique Wilkins. You could have argued. But Chris Mullins is still a... Chris Mullins, listen, it, there wasn't a bad pick. Now, John Stockton and Christian Leitner might have been questionable and bad picks to me. I think John Stockton and Leitner were bad picks. As good as Stockton is and, you know, this bad pick. You're not putting Stockton over Isaiah Thomas. That was just after the championships he won and... and, and the type of point guard he was, that was just completely disrespectful. I don't care who you like, Michael Joe, I don't care. That was disrespectful. Christian Leighton, I saw the politics because he was with Duke. They won those championships. You bring Christian Leighton in. He was very, very liked among basketball lovers. So I see why that happened. But was he the number one pick overall? We just got to start saying things that make sense. Shaquille O'Neal was different. He was different. So, yeah, another subject I bring up back to the Iverson Kyrie thing, because this is where everything starts. Um, Then we're going to get into a little bit of college. Iverson and Kyrie. Iverson made it to the finals by himself. When did Kyrie even make it to the conference championship by himself? I might have missed one. I'm not even going. Maybe it's a fact that I missed did he do it with Boston? Maybe he did it with Boston. But who was on his team? That's why I'm saying this because I haven't. I can't remember one time Kyrie Irving. It's okay. That's not even. That's not. That's unfair. That's unfair for me to say because everybody's not going to have those teams. So if he made it by himself, he made it by himself. 
But to be honest, understand to be real, before I have everybody that's guessing, everybody's Kyrie fans. Yeah, it did make the East Conference Finals with Boston. It beat Cleveland. But I mean, because I just want to really be fair. He did make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But what type of team did he have? Just saying to help. I always say Iverson could have had Stackhouse and Hughes just stay there. Just build around those three young guys and you on point. Jerry Stackhouse was traded on the Theo Ratliff deal. You know, you look at Eric Snow, he was perfect to bring in. One of those guys should have stayed. Not You don't get Theo Ratliff and then all of a sudden trade him when he get hurt from a tumbo. You keep those guys. You be, you get other guys. You go in free agency. Whatever you got. I know Eric Snow was this and Eric Snow was that. And I love Pookie to death. But we didn't win a championship. So, I'm going to say, you keep Larry Hughes as your sixth man. You let Iverson stay as your point guard and let him still score. If he's not your point guard, you have him as shooting guard. And just get you another guy that can lead the point. Putting Hughes at the point could have been good. Oh, you get you another point guard. You don't get rid of your young players that could possibly make. Look at how with Iverson. I'm telling you, and, Iverson, and Brown got to be, Larry Brown would really be hiding a lie if he said, man, you know what? One of those guys I should have kept. I should have kept one of those guys or maybe both. You had you still had defensive guys like Tyrone Hill and George Lynch and you still had defensive guys, but you still had de- the, the crazy part is you still had defensive players in the NBA to get like you bring a championship here and, and, and Stackhouse on that team literally on that team and he even Iverson explains it on that team. Nobody else, Tyrone Hill could score. He did his thing, you know, but he wasn't that type of score. Eric Snow averaged about 12 a game. But Lynch averaged a little, well, Theo Relliff was 11-12. At one time, Matt Guy got had a double figure, 11-12, 13 maybe. These aren't guys we talk about. We talk about Stackhouse. Look what he did through his career. Stackhouse had like six seasons where he was 19 points a game or over. He also has a Super Bowl. He also has a finals ring that Iverson don't have. Let's just not go past that with the Dallas Mavericks. Now, in the year 2000, Stackhouse averaged 29 points a game, my man. He had 21 points a game the next year. Nobody on that team was close for 20-something points a game on the Sixers. Can you imagine Stackhouse being on there giving Iverson a second-tier guy? He could have averaged more points because of Iverson. There's no doubt he would have been that would have been one of the most dynamic duos in the league. Let's talk about Larry Hughes. Larry Hughes had a 12.3 points a game that 2001 year, 4.5 assists, uh, 1.5 steals. He's with good steals leader. We're talking about a guy... He had a year where he had 19 again, 22 points with uh, Washington. He had the year before that he averaged 16 points a game. Um, Eric Snow had six point six assists that year. He had 1.6 steals. Don't talk about three point percentages because both of them shot like bull garbage truck juice and three pointers. So we're talking about a six five younger player, a six five guy. You know, with more talent than yeah, he was yes, he was he was listen. Who was better? I think it was Larry Hughes. 
Better NBA career was Larry Hughes, no question. More talented, it was Larry Hughes. He came out as a freshman out of St. Louis, a freshman. Stackhouse came out as a sophomore. We talking about, you could have put Larry Hughes there. You know, oh, this and that, and uh, well, the assist, the assist. The only reason Eric Snow got those assists because of Iverson. He was his running mate. Larry Hughes would have been a triple-double threat, plus he had a, a better offensive repertoire, and he could play defense. So, Larry Hughes, Iverson, stack out a small forward. You want to bring Tyrone Hill in? Boom, put him at power forward. That's what you do. Or, or somebody else at the... You can, if he found those guys, you could have found somebody else as a power forward and as a center. There were guys on that team that I feel like could have developed more years if the team was younger. Um... You had Rodney Buford, you had Rajah Bell, you had Jermaine Jones. These were all young, you know, guys that had a little potential. Athletic. Um, just in my opinion, I feel like that team could have been like, if that team was like that and they was together for them years, that's a different basketball team. I just, I, I, as great as a coach as Larry Brown is, that was the wrong team for Allen Iverson. If you want to put him at shooting guard, I don't care. But you keeping those young guys you drafted in the lottery. This is crazy. But once again, he still got to the finals. This is this is the all-in-all all conclusion. Kyrie Irving's able to hop from team to team. You got a, a very good young Boston team. They were young, good. He should have stayed there. That, that, that was his that was his key. He should have stayed there and did his thing. Um that's where you wanted to go. You had young guys around you. They looked up to you, and you completely messed that locker room up. Um, Cleveland, he was with Cleveland with LeBron James. And that's where he got his – I mean, he was already recognized as one of the most talented guards in the league. But he didn't get his superstar status until LeBron came. When he, he was he was being a, 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 a – what well, can I say? A game changer or a man with ice in his veins – around LeBron James because they were actually winning and you saw him on the stage of a winning team for the first time. Iverson groomed that team. But that was Iverson's team. Brooklyn Nets. Look at all the, the, the mental case problems he is. You are never going to... You want to talk about just skill and, and take the mental problems away. Iverson, but you can't because it's a part of the basketball floor. He didn't want to be on the floor. For a certain reason, for personal reasons. All the personal problems that Iverson had. And we know the stuff he got into. He still was at the court. Even when practice was a problem. He was on the court. Unbelievable. That people forget about this. They forget that Iverson is the best little man to ever play basketball. Over Thomas, over any Steph Curry, anybody. Is Steph Curry considered a little man? Let's keep it funky. Everybody talking about he's the greatest shooter, but he's not the best little man ever. He's just the most impact. Most impact. No, he's not the most impactful. I'm sorry. You can say he's a game changer. Iverson was a game changer. <laughs> Let me tell you something. And you talking about this shooting, he's the most impactful shooter of all time. Best little man, he's 6'2". Iverson was considered six feet, but he's probably 5'11". So do we consider uh, Steph Curry a little man? That is a that's an argument. 
That's that's the argument. The argument is not Kyrie Irving and Iverson. Our argument is Ky- and Steph Curry never did what Iverson did ever. All that shooting he did. All this. He's a game changer because everybody likes to shoot threes now because of him. The Steph Curry is not that guy. He's not Iverson. He's not that guy. If Iverson had Steph Curry's three-point shot, <laughs> we could say 40 points a game in that era. In that era. I promise you, if he had Steph Curry's three-point shot, 40 points, maybe 45. As many times on that team as Iverson got the ball, it wasn't a Scotty Pippen around. It wasn't a Coach around. It wasn't a Horace Grant around. You didn't pass it to John Paxton. You didn't pass it to Steve Kerr. You gave that ball to Iverson. 45 a game. 45 a game. But he was influential because of the fashion he brought, his demeanor, his independence. As a, as a, as a, like it was a different league. Everybody had to listen. Unless you was Michael Jordan. Even Michael Jordan had to show his, Iverson showed his own. He was the first, the first man to change the game on how people thought about how they stepped. People are doing it now, bringing their styles to the court. Iverson is still affecting the game. Steph Curry, all of them. Everybody is influenced influenced by Allen Iverson. So that's crazy to even assume that Allen Iverson and Curry and Kyrie Irving can even be compared. You can compare Steph Curry because they're both game changers. They're both game changers. They're trendsetters. You know, Steph Curry has championships, but we know why he has championships. We just talked about Kyrie Irving. So that's why Steph Curry, the things Iverson did, he did on his own. And he still made it to the finals against one of the best teams and still got a win on him. Like, nobody stepping over Lou. Like, nobody was as bold, as confident as Allen Iverson. I'm just keeping it unbelievably real. Um, if we if we make these assumptions that I mean, that popularity runs over actual results is not basketball it's not sports and that's my thing right there and that's what I roll with. Now, Villanova. Hmm. I got a lot of things I'll continue, but I want to go into the Sixers, Nova. Sixers are a team, Ben Simmons, to give you the news on Ben Simmons. Um, there are a lot of trade. Charlotte Hornets are even trying to make a trade offer for. I mean, there are a lot of, like, I don't want to hear, the, the the one false thing is that there are no trade offers from teams because, no, they're all coming from everywhere for Ben Simmons. They know the type of game changer Ben Simmons is, with, with a jump shot or not. You can put him on a team where you don't have to be the jump shot guy, and wow, here we go. It's a whole other unbelievable player. Joel Embiid's having an unbelievable season, like he did last year. Even better. Because now you don't have Simmons. So he has to play like that. 
The one thing I heard today it was retarded. I think it was from Crossing Broad or whoever it was. They say some crazy stuff. Is that everybody's trying to lose the game, but MB comes through and wins the game. That's retarded. I want to say kill yourself, but I'll be, oh, he's trying to tell people to kill themselves. No, you just the thought that you're talking about needs to be killed. That's what that means. Unbelievable. Um, they want James Harden, and I think Moore is going to get him. Moore always, James Harden never rejected coming to Philly, and so Ben Simmons is going to be on the trade market to play with Kevin Durant. That's what's going to happen. That deal is going to get done. It got to be something that wows Maury to really make him move on and get in and trade Simmons. Like, like he's already said that he don't see it happening, but he said there's some packages, but they're not, the Kings are not giving them packages up. Cause if he trades Simmons, he needs something equivalent to getting hardened. So that's why he's doing all this. Maury knows exactly what he's doing, man. All y'all fans shut up. Just shut, shut up, shut up. You don't even know what y'all talking about, man. Maury been doing this for years. He do this. He true to this. He ain't new to this. Quit trying to say what he should do. Oh, my God, this season. Well, it is what it is. But be happy that this team is still, the phenomenon you're missing is the team still winning without Simmons. The guys that are developing, like Isaiah Joe, Tyrese Maxey, Charlie Brown, Paul Reed. People saying, oh, Paul Reed, it don't translate from the G League. Paul Reed ain't got that type of time. Don't say because Charlie Brown's is starting, but Paul Reed not. What positions is Charlie Brown playing and what position does Paul Reed play? Okay, shut up. Shut up. Yo, people are crazy. Be happy that guys like Charles Bassey, Jaden Springer are developing. They have guys developing them with the blue coats that can come right up. Don't, don't that make you feel good? Charlie Brown came right up and, and, and got a contract and is able to do what he can do. Right off that G League team. You have to be, the Doc Rivers slander is retarded. He brought a guy from the G League up to start and he's still winning in, in playoff contention. I'm talking about top five playoff spots. He brought a guy from the G League, and their games over 500, they're not like 500 or games below. No, they're, they're one of the best teams in the NBA. Say what you want. They're winning. They're beating teams. They're competing. Clippers, they had to go down to the wire. Beat the Spurs, okay, you don't think they're good, whatever. They're okay, young team, of course. They're a good team. Hawks. Raptors. Celtics. They are beating teams that are good. Stop it. Just stop all the slander for Doc Rivers, and he is having a great coaching season considering what he is going through, which would he, he created it. But, hey, him and NBA created it, so that's why they're de- destroying it. That's why they're, they're, they're up there. They're, they're stepping their games up. Isaiah Joe now has to impact. You're being led by Furkan playing point guard. Nobody's giving Doc Rivers the credit for what he's doing. It's crazy. It's crazy. Villanova, um, let's go with the Villanova thing to me. I feel like um losing to Marquette and Justin Lewis shout out. I think it's a good, good team. Villanova's still a good team. I said that they lose two games through through, through the rest of the season. 
including this conference tournament, that they are going to be title contenders. They would lose three, man. I don't see them in the title at all. They lose three, they're in the grade eight. Because they're that good. You can see how good they can play. But uh, you have to be a certain amount of good to be a title contender. They lose two games. I mean, look, the Big East, for one, the Big East is for real, baby. This is this is where the Wolves play. And they're at their best right now. Every Even Georgetown. Look, Georgetown, don't let that record fool you. Georgetown is a good competitive team. If they was in any other conference, they'd be 12, 13 wins by now. This is the Big East. Like Marquette is is beating ranked teams, Seton Hall, Creighton, DePaul. These guys, these are some good teams, yo. Villanova, even when they was at their best, you know the Big East wasn't that good like it is now. Like maybe in twenty sixteen, but Villanova clearly always had the more stacked roster. Now it's so many. Between the transfer the transfer the transfer portal did not exist at that time. Between the transfer portal and then you know you recruit, teams are getting stacked, and it, it caught up to the Big East. St. John's, UConn, now, Nova has played some good teams. You know if we really want to be dynamic about. Why other teams was good. Oh, Villanova, when they had their seniors, well, okay. In 2016, it was a pretty much different type of era. Ryan Archidiakono and Daniel Sheffield uh, didn't get drafted, but Archidiakono is on a team. But back then, it wasn't as stacked like the transfer portal, you know, talent that got even better. But the transfer portal, does a lot. So Villanova had a, a bunch of seniors. Had some guys coming off the bench, which was Josh Hart, NBA guy, Josh Hart, Michael Bridges coming off the bench. You look at that team now, that matters. Josh Hart and, and, and Michael Bridges came off the bench. That's a that's a lottery guy and a guy that should have been a lottery. He's starting now. I just had a new contract. Twenty eighteen. Your guys were Jalen Brunson, Michael Bridges, Dante DiVincenzo. This is, I just want to say those three names real quick, and then you can circumnavigate around. Eric Pascal, I can't forget that name. I mean, we know Armari Spellman didn't, but he was—he showed his flashes in the NBA and the G League. And it's killing overseas. But those four guys just named, man, that's self-explanatory. Jalen Brunson, Michael Bridges. Dante DiVincenzo and Eric Pascal. Self-explanatory. Just look them up and see how they how they work from their rookies to now. Rookie years to now. And that's, that, that'll tell you how special that team was. Um, so be very, very clear on um, this season when you look at players who's ready Kyle Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels could be put in a shuffle Gillespie conversation but then you got guys like Justin Moore Brandon Slater these guys are all guys that can be NBA players but who's really ready is Colin and Jermaine ready like well Sheffield was a big man a big center and then Archie it was perfect Archie was the point guard the big man is the key to a championship 
right now, these guys, look, look, Collins playing great ball. Unbelievable ball. Jermaine Samuels is not as consistent as O'Shefu was. Well, Jermaine Samuels needs to score double figures every game. Not to mention, with his talent, he should score at least 14 a game, man. Like, that, that's where he should be at. 14 a game. He started off the season hot. He every don't wait for Slater. Don't wait for more. Do your game, Samuels. When Samuels is aggressive, this team is totally different. This is a hard, the, the hard, the best team in the country. Because when Samuels is attacking the basket and, and then playing uh, man ball on defense, it's a different team. They can't beat this team. Everything else revolves around that. Three pointers go in. When three pointers go in, it's extra because you got a man down on the other floor who's going to take it to the hole. Brandon Slater and Kalib Daniels have to attack. One thing's for sure, two things for certain. The bench, Kalib Daniels needs to be the bench scorcher. Make them pay. Make people pay. Brandon Slater, get that ball. I mean, he, had to, he ain't as aggressive as he was. Now he's down to like nine a game. He got to be more aggressive. He has to be more aggressive. I said I said one thing about Eric Dixon. This team will go far if Eric Dixon starts getting more involved and then putting him. Guess what happened when he got more involved? Uh, they beat Georgetown, and now you got other games. Listen, this this is it. Like they already lost that one game against Marquette, but Marquette. Listen, the Big East is so good, man. They're so good. So listen, man. Um. Oh yeah. Um. Myro. Myro Little. Uh. Everybody wants to know about Myro Little. Uh. Indiana or Villanova is the deal. It's not Baylor. Sorry. Indiana or Villanova. And Indiana has, is riding a big, big, big hype train right now. They really impress him and his dad. Um. Amani Hansberry, twenty twenty three prospect that they're after. Um. Talking to sources. Uh. He's high on Villanova, and Villanova's high on him. They expect the offer soon. Uh, Deshaun Harris-Smith. You know, we're going to see what happens with that. I think he he's definitely, Villanova's definitely a favorite. He's definitely high on him. Let's see what happens. Is Villanova going, and I think, you know, ultimately, I think Harris-Smith goes to Villanova at this moment. It's, it's Villanova. Where I think Myra Little goes, or you want to ask my opinion, I think it's Indiana. As much as I like Villain, I just think that for them to be so impressed and to be pressed like that, even though Indiana lost, it could be any I think it's Indiana right now. I mean it's just it's just and I'm not hearing no sources on that. I'm just looking at what not happened. I haven't heard any sources on my real little. I just know that's a big tie ride. But that don't mean Villanova's out of the out of the running. They've been in the running very early. They've been on my real little. So do I think uh so I think that's like a um Ultimately, it's like a like a fifty one forty nine for uh for Myro Little over Villanova fifty one percent Indiana forty nine percent Villanova. It could change, but right now I'm just looking at how impressed of the atmosphere he was, and then his dad was like, from a basketball standpoint, who wouldn't want to be a part of that? But he also left the gates open. But I just think it's Indiana. But um, um, Deshaun Harris Smith and Amani Hansberry could be the first two guys to commit to Villanova in twenty twenty three. That's just my opinion. 
That's what I'm rocking with. I mean, I look at the sources on Harris Smith. He loves Villanova. Good ties, big ties. Um, shooting guard. Exceptional talent. Right now, it's Villanova. For, it's Harris Smith. It's Villanova. Looking at talking to people, being around the situation. It's Villanova. Right now, nothing has changed. As you know, recruiting things can change. They're up and down. Um, Hansberry, as soon as he get that offer, just, 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 just. <laughs> when he get that offer, then we we gonna be we gonna be riding big. I mean, they're they're big with his coach. They're close. It's been it's just Hansberry is filling over. Um, good power forward, one of the best in the nation. Smooth, can pass, can do a lot. Um. DJ Wagner, don't think about it. I mean, he says everybody's open, but we'll see what happens, man. I, I don't get me around that situation. He still looks like Kentucky. He still looks like he's Kentucky. Um, it's a big clutch moment. I mean, guys, think about Villanova. Guys are getting better. They're getting better. I mean, Eric Dixon is looking good. That starting five looks good. It looks good. But they really, on 57-54 loss to Marquette, people was like, oh, well, the defense. Who said that? I think it was Allen Ray. My guy, shout out to legendary Lenovo player Allen Ray. You're totally wrong, my guy. That is a 57-54 game. How much more defense do you have to play? Especially considering what Villanova averages a game, the type of players they have. No, guys didn't step up and score. You couldn't score 58 points? I'm just saying 58. 58 points. That's not even a lot. Not even a college ball. So I don't want to hear all that. That was that was totally wrong. You got to score. Them guys got to show up every night. Brian Antoine, Calib Daniels, I'm putting the pressure on them to be navigators off their bench more. But Brian Antoine gets his minutes, but it's like, and he plays D, playing good. He's he's looking at the game. Soon I think he'll, he'll really spark out. He's just learning, letting things come to him, doing all the right things. He hasn't got totally aggressive yet. But Calib Daniels, there's no excuse. In, in the actuality, they both need to do their thing. I could see Langino getting two points or Trey Patterson, but Antoine and Daniels don't need to be just sitting there with the minutes they're getting. Like I used to say about Slater off the bench, you score four points, you're good with me. Four points off the bench is good with me. Give me four points every game. Antoine, Daniels, you get more opportunities. I should see at least nine points a game from you every game. Off the bench, nine points a game at least, at least. But he has a, a offensive repertoire. He should be scoring double figures too. He should be scoring 10 or 11, 10 points a game. I, I, I really, that's the pressure I got on Daniels. 10 points a game. We need 10 a game. If you're getting those minutes and you're getting those touches, take over. You are the spark plug. You are the guy they depend on. To make the bench go do different. Longino was there. Uh, Trey Pass had a five-point game. And then Joker had a four-point game. This bench is starting to try to find itself. So now we need Daniels to be the leader. Because they're not going to always be dependent on They're not always going to get shots like that. 
They're not going to get shots like that. It's going to be Daniels or Antoine all the time, and especially Daniels. He is the leader of that bench. We need more points from Daniels. So I'm out of here, y'all. This is Fire Leader Radio, man, with, you know, scoop for y'all, man. Get back at me. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, follow High Leader Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Check out the articles. I'm out, y'all.